And they also didn't need to learn anything new other than following these steps. Like he didn't need to learn a new trade or get a different type of job. He just put the rules to use and slowly it worked. Welcome to Learn With Us, brought to you by 303 and You. We are a team of four non-financial advisors who are exploring a revolutionary new financial approach that goes beyond money to prioritize your emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being. Through weekly meetings and engaging podcasts, we strive to help you improve all aspects of your well-being as well as ours. Come join us on this journey of growth and self-improvement because at 303 and You, we believe true wealth extends beyond dollars and cents. Happy learning. Hey guys, how are you all doing today? Hope everybody's doing well. Today, we are going over The Richest Man of Babylon, Chapter 9, The Clay Tablets of Babylon. Hello, hello. What's up, everybody? How are you? I'm pretty good, too. <laughs> Super excited about this chapter. I was saying that um, it's exciting to see a chapter that's more, what, what's the word I would say, pragmatical in, in its message. Not, not to say that the past, you know, the past few chapters haven't been because it's all about stewardship and how to properly handle your money but this one it's more of a look if you're stuck here's kind of a step-by-step thing that you could you could try out i think he's just gets finally into the meat of it i don't know i don't know another word of it he finally gets down to what he was trying to get at the whole time he was like beating around the bush and now he's like here it is like this is i liked um the fact that i could identify with parts of the story I was like, oh, that's what I'm doing. Oh, that's what we're doing. Oh, perfect. So I, it was like verification that we're on the right path. Because we're putting it to action just like he was doing, you're saying? Yeah. Like, As you'll soon find out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. This is kind of, this is exactly what it would look like if you follow all the steps that um, the book has been talking about. That's true. Yeah, because you can read as many books as you want and learn as much as you want, but nothing's going to change until you take the action to change. I feel like we can't say that enough. You want to get right into this? Yeah, I'm going to start off the chapter. There's a, um, it starts off with a letter. So I'm just going to read that. It says, my dear professor, the five clay tablets from your recent excavation in the ruins of Babylon arrived on the same boat with your letter. I have been fascinated to no end and have spent many pleasant hours translating their inscriptions. I should have answered your letter at once, but delayed until I could complete the translations which are attached. The tablets arrived without damage thanks to your careful use of preservatives and excellent packaging. You will be astonished as we in the laboratory at the story they relate. One expects the dim and distant past to speak of romance and adventure, Arabian nights, sorts of things, you know, when instead it discloses the problem of a person named Dabasir to pay off his debts. One realizes that Conditions upon this old world have not changed as much in 5,000 years as one might expect. It's odd, you know, but these old inscriptions rather rag me, as the students say. Being a college professor, I am supposed to be a thinking human being, possessing a working knowledge of most subjects. Yet here comes this old chap out of the dust-covered ruins of Babylon to offer a way I had never heard of, to pay off my debts, and at the same time acquire gold to jingle in my wallet. A pleasant thought, I say, and interesting to prove whether it will work as well nowadays as it did in old Babylon. Mrs. Shrewsbury and myself are planning to try out his plan upon our own affairs, which could be much improved. Wishing you the best of luck in your worthy undertaking and waiting eagerly another opportunity to assist you, I am yours sincerely, Alfred H. Shrewsbury, Department of Archaeology, Nottingham University. Bam. (laughs) So... Basically, this uh, Alfred Shrewsbury, who works for the Department of Archaeology, received these clay tablets. They're how old? They're 5,000 years old. Is that what he's saying? And they're still intact. You can still read the inscriptions. He had to decode them. Or must be written in an old language. Wait, I forget what, what language they spoke in Babylonian. This is the part that you were just talking about before that we felt like we actually connected to because it's saying... Him and his wife want to go home and put it to use, which the 10% rule we've been putting to use, and it really right. does work. Like, right. Is he? And we're up to more like 20% now that we're putting into investments, and then we're still paying off all of our debts basically equally piece by piece. It's 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 awesome. It's actually, super cool, right? It is cool that it just keeps, I don't know. Well, like he was saying, and that's his 
5,000 years ago, you're thinking, man, their problems are going to be barbarians and knights and all this adventure and cool stuff. And he's like, I'm worried about my taxes and my, <laughs> yeah. like, you're like, what? My <laughs> landlord. <laughs> it's the last thing you'd ever imagine. I was, well, so there's this thing in TikTok, a new trend of the envelope thing. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. I've people are, it. people are taking their cash and just separating it in envelopes. And it's like this whole thing. Yeah, I've seen that. Well, they were doing that in Babylon. <laughs> oh, so, really? Yeah. Yeah. This new exactly. trend is—it's like the Babylonians <laughs> had it going on. So we've discovered something that no one else has ever thought about. People five thousand years ago. <laughs> History repeats itself. It is indeed. Honestly, I unfortunately, don't, I think anything you think you invented or came up with, somebody else has already done it at some point. Well, we keep saying we're going to put these tablets to use, but maybe we should hear what they are. Alita. Alita. That's that's your cue, Alita. Bring in Alita. Let's uh, go over these tablets. I will start off by reading the first one. Tablet number one. Now when the moon becometh full, I dub a seer who am but recently returned from slavery in Syria with the determination to pay my many just debts and become a man of means worthy of respect in my native city of Babylon. Do you here engrave upon the clay and permanent record of my affairs to guide and assist me in carrying through my high desires? Under the wise advice of my good friend Mathon, the gold lender, I am determined to follow an exact plan that he doth say will lead any honorable man out of debt into means and self-respect. Is this just a continuation of the story from before, basically, right? Yeah, I think so. That's what I kind of got. That's what I got, too. I almost felt like it was repeating itself a little bit. That's exactly what I said. I said this is kind of just repetitive. I guess it's just explaining the fact that now this guy has the tablet. And um, when it's like he's Dab- finally reading the story himself. Yeah. When Dabasir, like, put it down on paper, basically, and started, like, once it earlier, started executing it. Or right. I think maybe Connor said that. And then this uh, archaeologist got a hold of the tablets. So now it's him. It's his realization of it or his discovery of it. This plan included three purposes, which are my hope and desire. First, the plan doth provide for my future prosperity. Therefore, one-tenth of all I earn shall be set aside as my own to keep. For For Mathon speaketh wisely when he saith, That man who keepeth in his purse both gold and silver that he need not spend is good to his family and loyal to his king. The man who hath but a few coppers in his purse is indifferent to his family and indifferent to his king. But the man who hath not in his purse is unkind to his family and is disloyal to his king, for his own heart is bitter. That is kind of true. Therefore, the man who wisheth to achieve must have coin that he may keep to jingle in his purse that he have in his heart love for his family, and loyalty to his king. Second, the plan doth provide, and I shall support and clothe my good wife who hath returned to me with loyalty from the house of her father. For Mathon doth say that to take good care of a faithful faithful wife putteth self-respect into the heart of a man and addeth addeth strength and determination to his purpose. Therefore, seven-tenths, of all I earn shall be used to provide a home, clothes to wear, and food to eat, with a bit extra to spend, that our lives be not lacking in pleasure and enjoyment. But he doth further enjoy the greatest care that we spend not greater than seven-tenths of what I earn for those worthy purposes. Herein lieth the success of the plan. I must live up, or I must live upon this portion and never use more nor buy what I may not pay for out of this portion. Don't get in debt. Well, how to get out. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. No, I like how it says, I like how this message says that you can start attacking your debt without... Giving up luxuries? Yeah, without giving up everything that, you know, that you need or want. I know we talk about it all the time, but it's like the TVs and shows and stuff that we've realized that they almost convince you to buy all this stuff. And then when you think about it, you don't need it. For real. I have a big one. What about the food that doesn't actually feed you? 
Yeah, well, that's something we've been recently thinking about ourselves. It's just, You're just like so Cheetos and stuff that just do nothing but poison you. Yeah, yeah just junk like food. fast food. Junk it fills food. you, but it gives you no nutrition. Snack food, junk food. Mm-hmm. Sugar, 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 sugar. That's a big one. For real. I feel like we're dietitians. We're always just <laughs> Dude, that's interesting. Like cutting down on like sugary drinks and then going to water. How much money would that save? It saves a ton because yeah. we've done it. That includes- oh, soda. You can't imagine. But just like you're saying, like, that's with any of your spending habits too. It's something you got to just wake up and cut out. There's no like... Make an adjustment. You gotta, oh, I'm gonna slowly lean off and only, no, you gotta just determine and make a commitment. Commitment, that's the word, thank you. There's a saying in Japan, I don't know how to say it in Japanese, but it goes, uh, nip the problems when they're small. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, it almost will become a dirty habit or whatever you wanna call it if you don't cut the spending off now. With every bad habit, the longer you feed into it or procrastinate, the harder it's going to be to give it up eventually. One of the things that drives people away from doing things right is that they think their problem is that they don't make enough money. But that's not the problem. The, the, the fact that they don't make enough money is, it's the, how do you say it? It's, it's the side effect to the fact that they don't know how to control their spending habits. That's the actual problem that they have no discipline or financial uh, financial discipline. There's also people who have salaries who make more than enough money, and they're still broke because they just don't know how to manage it. Yeah, like that's with, true too. With a big house and a big car and a boat and everything, so they're oh, oh yeah, yeah, so many millionaires like have gone broke in the past. Yeah, so. Like you said, it's not really how much money you make. It's how you handle the money that you do make. No, that's what I was trying to think. It's how much you keep. Because I think about like the construction workers who are like, oh, I'm going to go to lunch every day. And they go to Subway. But then you're spending you know, $50 on subs a week when you could be making a sub at home for $10 you know, for all the meat. Literally. Mm-hmm. You could spend $20 for make five lunches for your week compared to more like probably 70 80 now because how much stuff costs and the soda and everything else but well that's why i like the plan well that's why i like this plan because it has three so it has three main purposes the first one it says that it wants to make sure that he has enough for the future because right now he's messed up like he's in the hole and the plan is all right let's think about the future because the future is important. It's not just always about the present and making sure that you drink all the beer that you can right now because YOLO. No, think about the future. Make it to Friday and worry about it next week. Mm -hmm. And then the second one, it's about the now. How to take care of the present without going over your means. And then the third one, as we're going to see, is how to pay your debts. You know, three, three very, very important pillars for proper financial management. And the thing is, I, I think what's um, one of the things that makes this system or this method attractive is that it's not asking you, look, you need to get a, a, a different job or you need to get a side hustle or you need to do this and that and this and that. No, you have to be a, making X amount of money to be able to make this work. Saying, look, just look at what you have right now. And obviously, with because it's it's the right thing to do, do the most you can at whatever job it is that you're doing. If you're a, a, a manager, you're the best manager. If you're a dishwasher, you're the best dishwasher. As long as you keep doing that and you follow this plan, then look, you don't need to worry about whatever other noises. But, oh, should I go to tally number two? Start breaking down this plan. Yeah, how to get out of the debts. I feel like that's a lot of people's problems right now is that even us, when we we weren't smart enough or educated, I guess is better. We weren't educated enough to know how not to get ourselves into a hole. And no, we're in the hole and it's like it's it's endless and you'll never get to it. But even this guy can show you, oh, the whole town and still. Get out of it if you do it the right way. Can I just add that? I don't know if this is random, but I like how um, the first tablet that I was just reading mentions how Mathon says to take good care of a faithful wife and that it puts um, self-respect into the heart of the man. Because, you know, his wife was really 
um, faithful to him because she could have left his ass when she was like, you are so full of debt and you are making our family look bad. And she had to go back to her father's house. You know how humiliating that may have been for her? And she still I can picture her, her mother husband. being like, oh, I got a whole bunch of guys lined up for you. Always setting her, her up dad, on dates. Her dad, could have been, her dad could have been like, I knew he was never good enough for you. That, dang right. Dabasir, you take good care of your wife. I don't know. I just like that part. Men should take good care of their faithful faithful partners. It's true. The, the part where he says that if you, the man, the man who had uh, not in his purse is unkind to his family and disloyal to his king, that is so true. You actually, you know, from personal experience, I'm going to say that when I was poor, I would use, I would create a false sense of moral superiority to, in a way, well, Am I saying it right? Yeah, yeah. Like, and I would say, oh, if you're rich, it's because you're greedy and you are this and this and this and that, and it's better to be poor or whatever. But that that came out of bitterness. It wasn't because um, I liked being where I was. It's because I hated it. And is he saying that you'd take that bitterness and you take it out on the king, so you make exactly. you disloyal because you're like the king has all the money and here I am starving. What is he doing? Well, society. I think the king is society itself. Like you're, you just start hating society and all the benefits that it has, which are so many. We would, if it wasn't for society, we would be killing each other. <laughs> I feel like we've we've touched on that before. Like people resent the wealthy because they have what you don't have but really they they mostly just have knowledge so Mm -hmm. why don't you go get the knowledge and then you can have what they have that's so good yeah that's a nice point well yeah and a lot of them i mean not all of them but a lot of them started out where you might be if not worse for real that is true too yeah some worse some started in a normal nine to five you know we were talking about who the other, the packet, Amazon, he started in his own garage. So, I mean, if you got a garage, you're a step ahead of some. Mm-hmm. Well, and then what's to say some of these millionaires, they've gone broke and they got it back. So- yeah, I was just going to say, I was just listening to somebody and he's been a, uh, a millionaire and then bankrupt like four times in a row. And now he's finally got... He said now he's finally figured out his his system and now he's about a billionaire. So It's because he gets broke. He never has been poor once. Yeah, he does <laughs> say that. Tablet number two. Third, the plan doth provide that out of my earnings, my debt shall be paid. Therefore, each time the moon is full, so every month, two-tenths of all I have earned shall be divided honorably and fairly among those who have trusted me and to whom I am indebted. Thus, in due time, will all my indebtedness be surely paid. Therefore, do I here engrave the name of every man to whom I am indebted and the honest amount of my debt. This is super cool because, okay, so in in psychology, there's a, for some reason, there's this unreal, what's my call it? Unreal result success. With the twelve-step program, have you heard about the twelve-step program? Is it when you have no. uh, problems? So if you have a problem that comes out of an addiction, so you have an addiction that's creating a problem, there's a there's a program that has twelve steps, and this one for some reason has a, a crazy number of successes. It's, it's so successful that psychologists recommend it. And one of the steps is to take everything that you have done wrong because of your um, what you call it because of your addiction? Yeah, write it down and correct it. Now, what's gonna happen is that when you when you're correcting it, people are gonna say, "Hey, that's a good thing." Others are gonna hate you. Some will belittle you and whatever. But but the the process of writing it down and try to better it makes it so that uh, I don't know for some reason you just like your the cause for your addiction becomes less and less strong. So you're saying your addiction to money or his addiction to whatever got him into that bad debt, he could overcome almost due to the 12 steps. And he didn't even know he was on 
it kind of re- yeah it kind of reminds me of that exactly yeah yeah so he 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 lists everyone that he did wrong to and he goes so the names are going to be weird hopefully i get them right it said faru the cloth weaver is two silver and six copper sinjar the couch maker one silver amar my friend three silver one copper sankar my friend four silver seven copper Askamir, my friend, one silver, three copper. Adinsir, the jewel maker, six silver, two copper. Diarbekir, my friend, my father's friend, four silver, one copper. Alkahat, the house owner, fourteen silver. That was the landlord. He owed money to the landlord. Then Mathon, Mathon the gold lender, nine silver. Birejik, the farmer, one silver, seven copper. And then from here on, disintegrated cannot be deciphered. So see, he listed everyone and exactly how much he owed them. That's very, very wise. I feel like that's a great first step to, that's what we did. But we had these cool little charts that we put them on that helped us too. But we wrote it down. I mean, I guess before we even got the charts, we just wrote it all down, did the math, looked at it, and it made it more, we're like, oh, Okay, well we we can make that in a couple of years mm-hmm. instead of like, oh we have this magical debt we don't know what it is and it's scary and it's yeah. impossible. The the writing it down part is non negotiable. It takes it takes the idea out of your head and it makes it into something that that's physical and that you can touch and and change and play around with. It's not until you actually write it down that you cannot uh, effectively work on on the idea that you have it's i don't know why just no i agree right i understand what you're saying it just it makes it real in a way or so everyone who's listening to this if you haven't written down um your plan make sure that you do so and this is a good way this is a good off um step-by-step tutorial on how to do it this is a business plan what he's doing there's an explanation of what the purpose is, and then he's describing the plan, and then it's going to keep going and going. What can I say about the... Well, other than he owed the landlord a lot of money in Mathon. I like how it's the couch maker. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, oh, I need a couch. Oh, you can borrow it for one summer. Like, okay, I'll pay you back. Never did. And every time you sit on that couch, you're reminded of that, and then you're miserable <sighs> because... You were dishonorable. Yeah, it'd be hard to be like, oh, the wife kicked me out. I'm sleeping on the couch tonight. I don't even own that couch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be sad. Okay. So tablet number three. To these creditors, do I owe in total 119 pieces of silver and 141 pieces of copper? Because I did owe these sums and saw no way to repay in my folly. I did permit my wife to return to her father and just leave my native city and seek easy wealth where else, or elsewhere, only to find disaster and to see myself sold into the degradation of slavery. Now that Mathon doth show me how I can repay my debts in small sums of my earnings, do I realize the great extent of my folly in running away from the results of my extra- extravagances? Mm-hmm. Therefore, have I visited my creditors and explained to them that I have no resources with which to pay except my ability to earn, and that I intend to apply two-tenths of all my earn upon my indebtedness, evenly and honestly. This much can I pay, but no more. Therefore, if they be patient in time, my obligations will be paid in full. Amar, whom I thought my best friend, revealed me bitterly, and I left him in humiliation. Virajit. The farmer pleaded that I pay him first as he just badly need help. Well, a little gold's probably not going to fix that. <laughs> Al-Kahad, the house owner, was indeed disagreeable and insisted that he would make me trouble unless I just, pay, just soon settle in full with him. All the rest willingly accepted my proposal. Therefore, am I more determined than ever to carry through. Being convinced that it is easier to pay one's just debts than to avoid them, even though I cannot meet the needs and demands 
of a few of my creditors, I will deal impartially with all. This goes with your writing it down. I feel like now that he's took the second step, which is saying it out loud, because he can't just be like, oh, I'm going to do this. It's like now people are counting on me. He's almost put himself back on people's loans again. He's loaning his word now. Like, I'm going to do this. Yeah, it's 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 super. Well, I don't know. It's not cool, but I like it. I like it that he didn't have it easy. He went to his the people that he owed the money to. And we can see immediately that not everything is going to be, you know, color, color of roses because you just suddenly decided to live the right way. There's still consequences to the actions, the you know, the actions that you made in the past. I guess I never thought of that. That's and, pretty funny. It's like someone who's like found God or whatever, and they're like, "Oh, I'm good now." It's like, dude, you crashed into my house last week. Like, you can't just be like, "Oh, I found God ex- now." Like, exactly. No, no, no. So, and when that happens, don't feel disappointed because that's that's just the way it it should go. You did something. There's going to be a consequence. It now is just equally, if not more important than before, to persevere and keep going, keep going with the plan. Tablet number four. Again, the moon shines full. I have worked hard with a free mind. Exactly. My good wife has supported my intentions to pay my creditors because of her wise determination. I have earned during the past moon buying camels of sound wind and good legs for Nevatur. The sum of 19 pieces of silver, so that, that that's one-tenth of what he owed. This I have divided according to the plan. One-tenth have I set aside to keep as my own. Seven-tenths have I divided with my good wife to pay for our living. Two-tenths have I divided among my creditors as evenly as could be done in coppers. Perfect. I like the wife. Stick to the I like plan. the wife part that he's like... All right, I don't really want to pay the bills and stuff, so I just give seven tenths to my wife, and she takes care of. I did see, I did not see Amar, but left it with his wife. That the friend wasn't happy with him. He was like, "I don't want to see oh, this guy." Oh, really? Avoided him? No, but that's what I picture now that you say that. He probably was like, "Oh, he's here. Tell him I'm busy." He goes hide in his shop or whatever. Yeah. Now then, Birajik was so pleased he would kiss my hand. Old Alcahad alone was grouchy and said, "I must pay faster." To which I reply that if I were permitted to be well-fed and not worried, that alone would enable me to pay faster. What a great point, dude. We don't, we, we don't think about that, how much influence our well-being has on everything, basically. Like I could pay you faster, we're used but to I'll just... start feeling sick. I'll make no money, and then you'll get mm-hmm. nothing. So, <laughs> Yeah. I guess we're just so used to living mediocre, mediocrely. All the others thanked me and spoke well of my efforts. Therefore, at the end of one moon, my indebtedness is reduced by almost four pieces of silver, and I possess almost two pieces of silver besides, upon which no man hath claim. My heart is lighter than it hath ever than it hath been for a long time. That that is so true. When you, once you start seeing your money accumulate, the worry, the stress yeah. of never having to worry about that again is pressure or whatever you want to call it just a whew. Mm-hmm. it's actual pressure you can feel uh, actual weight on your shoulders it's wild all right again the moon shines full i have worked hard but with poor success few camels have i been able to buy only 11 pieces of silver have i earned so half of what he earned last month nevertheless my good wife and i have stood by the plan even though we have bought no new raiments and eaten little but herbs. Again, I paid ourselves one-tenth of the eleven pieces, while we lived upon seven-tenths. I was surprised when Amar commended my payment, even though small. So did Birajik. Al-Kahad flew into a rage, but when told to give back his portion, if he did not wish it, he became inside. <laughs> I love that. He's like, well, if you don't yeah, want give it, it back. He's like, oh, give it's so it small? Well, then just give it back. I'll give you some next week. He's like, oh, no, it's fine. It'll work. Yeah. Sounds like something I say with my kids. But that's not a big enough bowl of ice cream. Well, then give it to me. I'll eat it. Oh, no. that's That's okay. I'm like, yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> okay. So it's been two months in the same tablet. Now it's going to be a third one. So it goes again. 
the moon shines full and I am greatly rejoiced. Nice. All right. All right, dude. You deserve it. You deserve it. It says, again, <laughs> I intercepted a fine herd of camels and bought many sound ones. Therefore, my earnings were 42 pieces of silver. This moon, my wife and myself have bought much needed sandals and raiments. They needed it. That though. goes with. Also, we have. I just want to. That goes so with that. You don't have to cut out everything and never allow to buy anything ever again. And you're never, you know, he's in debt still. But guess what? He's like, you know what? We did a little good this week or this moon. So let's get some new sandals. Let's spoil ourselves. We're still going to pay our debt, but we got a little extra to. Yeah, no, it's it's like it said at the beginning. It the plan needs to make sure that they have money to live, have fun, <laughs> take care of yourself. Yeah. All right, so it says it says also we have dined well on meat and fowl. You deserve it. All right, so it goes on to say more than eight pieces of silver we have paid to our creditors. Even Alcahad did not protest. Great is the plan, for it leadeth us out of debt and giveth us wealth which is ours to keep so he's liking the plan three times the moon hath been full since i last carved upon this clay each time i pay to myself one tenth of all i earn each time my good wife and i have lived upon seven tenths even though at times it was difficult each time have i paid to my creditors two tenths in my purse i now have 21 pieces of silver that are mine it maketh my head to stand straight upon my shoulders and maketh me proud to walk among my friends. My wife keepeth well our home and is becomingly gowned. We are happy to live together. The plan is of untold value. Had it not made me, had it not made an honorable man of an ex-slave? Super cool. Not only is his wife homed, but she's home in nice gowns, like she's fed, like that's... Complete turnaround. Yeah, look, they're both looking good, and they're both happy because now they have twenty-one silvers of 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 twenty-one pieces of silver, without having to. Well, they they have sacrificed. They have. But they didn't have to borrow it, or it's like it's one hundred percent small sacrifices. And mm -hmm. they also didn't need to learn anything well, new, other than following these steps like he didn't need to learn a new trade or get a different type of job he just exactly. put yes. the rules to use and slowly it worked yeah that's the point that's the point i was trying to make that he kept his same uh set of skills changed i like how the landlord even because he had a good month he finally gave him some and he didn't even complain i think it's also to do with the fact that you know, he's been keeping up the payments. So the fact that, oh, this week he's mm -hmm. even willing to do more. You know, he's not that he's happy. He's finally paid off his debt or anything, but he's finally like, this guy's not playing around. Anytime he's got extra, he gives it to me. Like he doesn't just short me, but he also gives me extra when he's got it. Tablet number five. Again, the moon shines full. And I remember that it is long since I carved upon the clay. Twelve moons in truth have come and gone. But this day I will not neglect my record because upon this day I have paid the last yes. <laughs> Sorry. <the> day. <laughs> it was a year. Uh, see. I'm sorry. 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 No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I liked it, but I was like, where did I just go? This is the day upon which my good wife and my thankful self celebrate with great feasting and our determination hath been achieved. Many things occurred upon my final visit to my creditors that I shall long remember. Amar, Amar begged my forgiveness for his unkind words and that I was one of all others he most desired for a friend. That was the friend that was all ignoring him and the wife had to pick it up, right? The one that was yeah. like mad at him, I think. So that's awesome. Yes. Old Alcahad is not so bad after all, for he said, Thou weren't once a piece of soft clay to be pressed and molded by any hand that touched thee, but now thou art a piece of bronze capable of holding an edge. If thou needest silver or gold at any time, come to me. Hold on, which one was the he? Landlord. Was he... That's the landlord. That's nice. what I thought. That's what I thought. <laughs> Nor is he the only one who holdeth me in high regard. Many others speak differentially to me. My good wife looketh upon me with a light in her eye that doth make a man have confidence in himself. I love that part. Yet it is the plan that hath made my success. It hath enabled me to pay all my debts and to jingle both gold and silver in my purse. I do commend 
it to all who wish to get ahead. For truly, if it will enable an ex-slave to pay his debts and have gold in his purse, will it not aid any man to find independence? Nor am, nor am I myself finished with it. For I am convinced that if I follow it further, it will make me rich among men. Bam. Yes, it will. It's not even a question. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it will if he sticks to it. It's just math. It's 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 just it's simple math. Well, and the thing is, it did because he became it the richest man. Took proof right there. I just like that everybody changes. He goes from being the poorest man in Babylon to, I mean, literally a slave from his actions to now people are like, I will give you gold. Before they would spit on yeah. them and be like, you stole my gold. And now they're like, I, how much do you need, man? Yeah. And when you say he was the poorest man in Babylon, that's that's accurate, right? Because he wasn't broke. He was poor. Because he had given up. So. Yeah. No, he was. He had no intentions to ever pay anyone. He said, "What? I'm never going to get that. You're in a tough spot. <laughs> Ends with a cute little letter from the professor one more time. He was supposed to try it yeah. out. Yeah. So. He was going to try out the plan. So yeah, I will read the um, the closing letter from the from the professor. Is it from the professor? No, to it's the, to professor. the professor. It's from, oh, from it's the from the same guy that wrote the one at the beginning. Oh, okay. Right. Do they say what he is? Yeah. Department of Archaeology. Oh, wait, the archaeology. He sent it to that, didn't he? No, yours, yours sincerely, Alfred H. Shrewberry, Department oh, of Archaeology. So he's an archaeologist. Yeah. Okay. I think it's an archaeologist who works at a museum. Is talking to another archaeologist who is His digging. Who's digging? Okay. Yeah, because the one I just feel like they're both professors. And the other probably, one that's what he's saying. That's yeah. probably both. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think they are both professors, but this guy that sent him the thing was his professor is what I'm getting from it because it says my dear. Oh, so that makes sense. So maybe like his mentor. And he knew he was like one of the best decoders, so he sent him okay. a tablet or whatever. Or maybe he's just saying. Or maybe that's just how they talk. All right. Anyways. <laughs> Sorry. We need a decoder now. It says, my dear professor, if in your further digging into those ruins of Babylon, you encounter the ghost of a former resident, an old camel trader named Davasir. Do me a favor. Tell him that his scribbling upon those clay tablets so long ago has earned for him the lifelong gratitude of a couple of college folks back here in England. You will possibly remember my writing a year ago that Mrs. Shrewsbury and myself intended to try his plan for getting out of debt and at the same time having gold to jingle, even though we tried to keep it from our friends, our desperate straits. We were frightfully humiliated for years by a lot of old debt and worried sick for fear some of the tradespeople might start a scandal that would force me out of the college. We paid and paid every shilling we could squeeze out of our income, but it was hardly enough to hold things even. Besides, we were forced to do all our buying where we could get further credit regardless of higher costs. It developed into one of those vicious circles that grow worse instead of better. Our struggles were getting hopeless. We could not move to less costly rooms because we owed the landlord. There did not appear to be anything we could do to improve our situation. Then here comes your acquaintance, the old camel trader of Babylon, with a plan to do just what we wished to accomplish. He jolly well stirred us up to follow his system. We made a list of all our debts, and I took it around and showed it to everyone we owed. I explained how it was simply impossible for me to ever pay them the way things were going along. They could readily see this themselves from the figures. Then I explained that the only way I saw to pay in full was to set aside 20% of my income each month to be divided equally, which would pay them in full in a little over two years. That, in the meantime, we would go on a cash basis and give them the third benefit of our cash purchases. That's nice. I like that. So they're like, we don't want you to suffer, so we'll continue to sell you what you need, but you have to pay us in cash. We're not going to, no we're not giving you any more credit. Like you pay your credit slowly and then you pay what you need in cash. Like that's, that's fair. Like, I just think that's nice. Give, give him, give him a chance. This is all to do with him actually putting it on paper though. As we keep saying it's, he put it on paper and he showed them and people can see it and it made it real as we, I mean, literally everything we said. <laughs> he, he wrote a Basically, I was just going to say, he wrote like a plan to pay off his debt and showed exactly. 
the proof of what it would be. So people like, you know, they were a lot more willing. They were really quite decent. Our greengrocer, a wise old chap, put it in a way that helped to bring around the rest. It's one of my favorite parts. <laughs> I'm not reading it the way that we listen to it, <laughs> oh, though. Not in the way the audio hooked up. <laughs> If you pay for all you buy, and then you pay some of what you owe, that is better than you have done, for you ain't paid down the account none in three years. <laughs> it is funny, but it's really deep, too, at the same time. Like, you have paid zero, so if you're going to give me one penny a week, well, that's better than zero a week, so. It's only funny because of the twangy accent if you listen to the audiobook. <clears throat> Finally, I secured all their names to an agreement binding them not to molest us as long as the twenty percent of income was paid regularly. That's a good. Uh, that's a good uh, clause. For real. Don't don't, don't harass me. Us, please. Like, don't bug yeah. me. You were told in advance. Yeah. Then we began scheming on how to live upon seventy percent. We were determined to keep that extra ten percent to jingle. The thought of silver and possibly gold was most alluring. It was like having an adventure to make the change. We enjoyed figuring this way and that to live comfortably upon the remaining 70%. We started with rent and managed to secure a fair reduction. Next, we put our favorite brands of tea and such under suspicion and were agreeably surprised how often we could purchase superior qualities at less cost. It is too long a story for a letter. We managed and write cheerfully at that. What a relief it proved to have our affairs in such a shape. We were no longer persecuted by past due accounts. I must not neglect, however, to tell you about that extra 10% we were supposed to jingle. Well, we did jingle it for some time. <laughs> now, don't laugh too soon. You see, that is the sporty part. It is the real fun to start accumulating money that you do not want to spend. There is more pleasure in running up such a surplus than there could be in spending it. Because when you spend it... That happiness goes away so fast with whatever it is. It fades almost, but but if, yeah, yeah. When, but the money, since it stays, you go back to it, and the happiness. It, it's even it better. Just, it's like Christmas it's, every time. No, we yeah. check our staff. We yeah. try to look at it as little as possible, just for that reason. So we check it, and uh, you know, it's been a month, and it it's up another hundred dollars. You're like, whoa! I just yes. yeah. I literally just said the exact Yeah, I was just going to laugh and say, Connor, constantly, you say you try not to check it, but at least every couple of weeks, he'll just walk up to me and just stick his phone into my face. like, And I'm like, it's our stash account. He's like, look, look how much money we have. I'm like, yeah, great. Awesome. Don't show me that. I'm trying to pretend it doesn't exist. (laughs) I don't look at it that way. I get happy. (laughs) After we had jingled to our heart's content, we found a more profitable use for it. We took up an investment upon which we could pay that 10% each month. This is proving to be the most satisfying part of our regeneration. It is the first thing we pay out of my check. There is the most gratifying sense of security to know our investment is growing steadily. By the time my teaching days are over, it should be a snug sum large enough so that the income will take care of us from then on. All this out of my same old check. Ooh, see, right there. Same old, didn't change anything. Mm -hmm. Difficult to believe, yet absolutely true. All our debts being gradually paid and at the same time, our investment increasing. Besides, we get along financially even better than before. Who would believe there could be such a difference in results between following a financial plan and just drifting along? At the end of the next year, when All our old bills shall have been paid. We will have more to pay upon our investment besides some extra for travel. We are determined never again to permit our living expenses to exceed 70% of our income. Now you can understand why we would like to extend our personal thanks to that old chap whose plan saved us from our hell on earth. He knew he had been through it all. He wanted others to benefit from his own bitter experiences. That is why he spent tedious hours carving his message upon that clay. He had a real message for fellow sufferers, a message so important that after 5,000 years, it has risen out of the ruins of Babylon, just as true and just as vital as the day it was buried. Yours sincerely, Alfred H. Shrewsbury, Department of Archaeology. Wow. Dun, dun, dun. Wow. Yeah, that's... So he ended up using the rules. Used the rules, put them to use, and now he's saying he's... Gonna literally put everything he had in debt. He's gonna start just putting that towards his investments, except for travel. So he's even plans on spoiling himself even more, and that's part of the debts he's willing to have. Which is, I just found that amazing. 
Well, it won't be a debt. I was just thinking that his travel, it probably won't. Yeah, it's it not won't a be debt. An, it won't expense, be any debt. Right. It's just an expense. It'll just be an expense, for. but he's got he's got the savings to fund to fund he it. Funds it plus more. That's important too because we might unconsciously gravitate toward the towards the other extreme. You know, we went from spending money we didn't have to not spending any money at all, and both extremes are equally destructive. It'll make you quit, I feel like, almost. If you save so much, you're like, this isn't for me. I'm so sick of not being able to buy ice cream or whatever Mm -hmm. your joy is. If you push yourself too far. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's why in all the changes. Yeah, all the changes that we've talked about, like, financially or not, like, even just us as friends is... Um, they're small changes. That kind of makes me think of the time when we were reading that one book and you said, oh, we can't have a car. It's so expensive. And I'm like, no, we can still have a car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, if you think about it, you're right. You're like, I got to be homeless. No cars, no house. There, There's 10 expenses gone. Like, well, no, you, you have to have a house. You need somewhere to come home to. You, you need a car to get around because no one wants to walk in the middle of winter. Like, Yeah, I mean, it would all depend. If you lived in an area where you could work you know, right down the road and you could walk. Yeah, but, but, but but exactly. And don't have a truck if a small sedan can absolutely. do right. For sure. But if you need a car to get a, you know, to be in a place to work where you make, you know, 10 times more money, then, then clearly you get the car. Because well, yeah, you're a plumber and you basically need to carry budget. pipes. You're going to need a truck, but. You could just basically <laughs> make a plan or a budget and, and see whether or not you do need it. And if it's going to be beneficial. Because everything's going to have an expense, but can you benefit from it? Mm-hmm. Like it's like our cat said when he was teaching the class. The, the The purpose of the budget is not to create suffering. It's to help you be happier. Because if you if you write down all of the things that you like, then you'll realize that some of them are actually unnecessary and it'll be unrealistic to pursue. So if you get rid of those, you'll feel lighter and you'll have more time to pursue things that you truly care about. It doesn't mean get rid of all the things that you like. It just it means find the ones that are the most important, the ones that you can truly afford and keep going at it because it's important to have fun in life. No, like I feel like we say it all the time. Don't not go to Dunkin' Donuts, but don't go every day of the week. Make it a Sunday thing because you rewarded yourself for a good week or yes that's a good point that's a good point we what happened now is that we convinced the reward with the with the method itself we think that the reward is the method when in reality the reward is something that you get for following the method like we watch tv all day because we think that's the method but no you should watch tv after you're done doing your work yeah, I don't want to say deserve. It's the only word that comes into my head. I'm trying to think of a better one, but like you need to deserve it almost. You yeah. need to earn, earn it. the time. Like almost like a child with like it's tablet time. You've earned it from cleaning your room and stuff. Like mm-hmm. I don't know a better way to No, it's exactly that. I agree. Man, what a great chapter. I really like this one. It just puts you in your place almost that no matter what situation you're in, it's on you. It's up to you. Come up with a plan, put it to action. That should be our call to action this week, I feel like. Get your plan. Get your debt. Put it into a plan. Mm-hmm. Write it down. It's going to be painful and maybe even humiliating to see, to have to face the mistakes of your past. But just think about that. It, 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 it was mistakes from the past. So they don't define you. You're trying to make it better. Oh, another thing that I wanted to talk about that I almost forgot is when you you know when you do something wrong and then you finally decide that you're that you screwed up and you actually regret it and the way that you show that you regret it is not just saying that you regret it it's by creating a plan facing the the people that you uh disrespected or you know did something to and then if you go to them and face them and talk to them sincerely and apologize and offer a plan to make it better, somehow, for some reason, that's going to cause your brain to let go of that weight. And it's going to transfer that the weight or not weight. 
but it's going to have to it's going to force the other person to have to take action so it's not going to be up to you now it's going to be up to the other person what happens and if the other person doesn't want to accept your apology it won't matter because in your in your brain you already did the right thing so even if what i'm trying to say is that just writing the plan and executing it is going to be just as good as if you follow the plan talk to everybody and completed it did, did that make sense yes yes well as you're saying the guy he uh, went to pay off some of his bills and they were mad at him or didn't want to talk to him but that didn't stop him he still paid him every week that wasn't like their reaction to him paying him isn't stopping his plan like i'm you're only going to get the two percent every month and that's what you're getting don't you know or as the other guy who's in modern day, as he was doing it, he also had the same reaction where it was like, oh, wow, people were very under, even, you know, the groceries lender who let me buy those groceries. He was like, oh, you're right. You'll never pay me back. But if you do it this way, at least I have a chance. Yeah. Like you can take people's encouragement and use it to like fuel your desire to continue with, with your plan. But, um, but the people, people's negativity, you should just ignore. Just brush it off. Yeah. <laughs> Haters gonna hate. For real. There's always somebody that's not gonna agree with you. Just ignore them. Well, unless they have a good point. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. If if they're experts, too, as we always say, go to, to an expert. If they're an expert telling you that's not a good plan, but if it's your uncle who's been poor his whole life telling you that's not a good plan, maybe don't take it so seriously. Yeah. Right. So if the brick maker is telling you... Don't buy that house, that style of brick. Maybe you should, you should probably listen, yeah. get a second opinion, you know, pay attention, but yeah, no point of being room being like, Oh, that guy knows nothing, but you should, yeah, you should take never... their advice as much as you know, as they know. What, what's that saying? It's like take people, people's advice with a, as a grain of salt or something like that. I feel like. Don't let it hurt you either way. I really like salt. So I mean, <laughs> sorry. Well, I don't. I don't. Do we have anything else to say about the chapter? I think we can wrap it well, up. That's about it. Yeah, I would say it's a, it was a good one. We've got one more. Yeah, it, it's a nice um, what you might call it. Like it, it keeps up the momentum and creates even more. So now I really, really want to know how the book is gonna end. Oh, it goes off this tone. You're saying it's the same mm-hmm. energy. It's chapter ten, the luckiest man in Babylon. Hope to catch everybody there. We already know what luck means. Someone's making their own. Yeah, you make your own luck. Hard work. All right. Oh, so he's just saying the hardest working man in Babylon. It's got to be, right? I like that. No, according to the luck, yeah. (laughs) What a great book, dude. All right. See everybody there. Bye. Have a good week. See you later, alligator. Thank you for joining us this week. We hope you've enjoyed our discussion and found it both informative and entertaining. Please stay connected with us and continue the conversation on our social media. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. You can also catch us on most podcast platforms and catch up on previous episodes. If you have any suggestions or topics you'd like us to explore in the future, we'd love to hear from you, and you can reach out to us via email at 303andU at gmail.com. Don't forget to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends and family if you've enjoyed what you've heard. We will be back next week with more engaging topics and insightful conversations. Until then, take care, stay curious, and happy learning.